I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Places, everyone. It's time for the, the Connor and Smith Show. Thank you, places. All right. We are in June. We are in Pride Month. Our guest today is Luke, Luke Frazier, who's conductor of the American Pops Orchestra. Um, so we're, we're excited to learn more about Luke and how uh, he came to be in the position he is. He also likes to throw dinner parties, so I'm so excited to talk about with him uh, what that is all about. Great. We're going to do that. Um, and, you know, we haven't talked about it because we're really bad self-promotional, but uh, we do have a Connor and Smith Pride Month tie-dye rainbow t-shirt available in our merch shop. I will make sure I put that up in my Facebook and Instagram story. Um, but yes, we do have a merch shop. Yes, you can buy adorable uh, t-shirts of our dogs and of our logo and our podcast logo. But our pride shirt is specifically for the month of June. June is busting out all, all over. Okay. okay. Well, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back with Luke. Right back. Hi, guys. How's it going? Hey there, Luke. This is Steven. And I'm Matt. We're just sitting here in a, under a blanket with, uh, beside a fireplace enjoying the month of May. <laughs> I love it. I'm pretty much doing the same thing. <laughs> what happened? I tell you, I am ready for, you know, just make up your mind. God willing, it'll kill off some of the cicadas, though, is all I got to say. It, it feels like somebody <laughs> forgot to pay a bill. Yes. Right. <laughs> About accurate. <laughs> well, we were supposed to have three outdoor performances of Always Patsy Klein in Falls Church. And, of course, they oh. got canceled. Um. And everyone's always expecting it to be a, like a rain date, but never like a, a chill, cold date. <laughs> right. Especially in August. Now, this is Creative Cauldron doing Always yes. Patsy Klein. Oh, I love that show, by the way. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing uh, four. We were doing four weekends with four different Patsy Kleins. That is a great idea. Who are your four Patsies? Uh, Sally Embriano was supposed to be this weekend. Uh, Candice Shed Thompson was our second. Uh, Kanisha Williams is our of third. Course. And Katie Benka, who's already played the part once, is our fourth. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Oh, well, um, crazy. So many, you know, we're one of the groups that all through COVID, we never really stopped. And it was because right at the very beginning, I kind of insisted that we venture right into digital and we bought all amazing microphones for the orchestra and we invested in a bunch of the streaming services and i'm talking like last march so it's just been nuts um a lot of tv really has been and that again kind of fell out of the sky so we just had uh two more shows premiere on pbs national on friday and then on the 14th of may we had another show premiere um on pbs and we're going into filming another tv show in two weeks um and then two more episodes of another show in August and a show in July. So it's been crazy. I mean, really exciting, but just wild. 
So, <laughs> and you were the conductor for all of these shows. Yes, yeah, and actually, all of the shows. Uh, so it's through American Pops, which is my group, and I pick all the repertoire. I I have all the arrangements made brand new. I pick all the cast. Um, so it's it's the whole kit and caboodle um, rests on me, which I it, it's a lot of work, as you can imagine. So. <laughs> But it looks like it's really paying off. Like you're kind of developing basically your own brand. Totally. And what's what's wonderful is, uh, you know, this all really started the whole TV angle um, last summer. And we shot two TV shows, which were never intended to be TV, by the way. It was the Ella Wishes You a Swing in Christmas, um, which the estate, the foundation actually gave me the rights to do a whole reimagining of it. We shot that in August of last year and PBS got wind that we were doing it and said, oh, my God, can you can we air this? And because originally it was just going to be streaming through our website. And then the other thing, we shot a show, We Are Family, which just aired. And that's how it all started. And PBS kind of fell in love with our different approach. And because when you watch our stuff on there, it's it's very unlike any other kind of orchestra show because it's kind of a crossover between orchestra and theater and a little bit of, you know, a little touch of history and context for things. And they, and also very non-traditional casting, which I really love doing. Right. So. Right. And then, and then, so you're just thinking about the entire event as a yeah. package. I mean, from beginning to end. Totally. And, and also having to raise a lot of money. So <laughs> That's one of the biggest misconceptions uh, that people have about these PBS shows is, oh, because it's actually not the affiliate. It's PBS National, so it's airing in all the markets. And, you know, there's this assumption that PBS covers all the bills, but really they cover about 25% of the cost of the show, which, by the way, I'm, I don't want to look any gift horse in the mouth. I'm extremely grateful. But more the reason I say that is because more than just having to conduct and pick all the music, I'm I'm constantly having to fundraise too. So now now Luke, if I'm listening to this and I yeah. have some money, is there a way to send you money like right now uh, to a, a link? Totally, it's theamericanpops.org, and you know one of the things that I'm really proud to say is that all during COVID, um, we never asked a single artist to perform for free. We, the orchestra never took a pay cut. We never asked the orchestra to take a pay cut. Um, every single artist, and by the way, for 200 things, like not in the can, re-air. And every single performance, every single artist was paid. Every crew member was paid. There were no freebies. And I'm so proud of that. Yeah. Um, because I I will say that's that's just something I'm very committed to. And I, you know, all the donors who consider supporting us, that's something they know it's going right back out the door. The other thing that's interesting to note about doing all of this is up until next week, I've only had two full-time staff to help make all this happen other than me. So it's, and also I take no salary. So the another moral of the story is that the dollars that come in the door, the vast majority of that dollar is going to the artists and the show makers. Right, so that's, right. that's something else that I think is pretty exciting and very different. Um, well, walk us through. I, me and Steven, of course, entertain at yeah. our home quite a bit. And 
uh, sort of develop our own brand, if you will. But yeah. I'm so fascinated with an evening at someone's home. It, let's say you're going to have some people over, even as a fundraiser, to yeah. either uh, do entertain and food. What are some things that you like to do that, in that evening? Well, I love to entertain and very old fashioned. And so I always cook for every dinner party, um, no matter no matter what I usually do. Uh, everything myself, uh, cooking wise, and my husband Robert and I, we use all, we collect, so the whole table is set in antiques. Even if everybody's showing up in jeans or shorts or whatever, the whole table is all antiques. And there's always, I curate the playlist every evening, which is no surprise. <laughs> right. And, um, but for me, it's, there's always great music. And we always try to invite a cross section of people to any sort of these entertaining evenings, lots of different backgrounds, because I found living off, it gets very quickly siloed. You know, the political types are one party, the, the contractors are one party, the arts people are one party. And what we really love to do is mix it up and get a lot of people at a party so the conversation never falls into a rut. And also, I think what's exciting is so many people, you know, the, the pervasive culture in D.C. is government or government contractors that are at most parties we all go to, <laughs> which is important work. But what I find is so exciting is when you have great artists at that party, too, and you get interesting conversations going that you wouldn't expect. And so for me, it's that whole curated. I also have a, a garden in my yard and I use all of my own fresh things on the can. And it's it's so much fun to entertain. It's like a performance. I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Yeah. And uh, Do you gather around a baby grand or a grand <laughs> or, or is it more of like a playlist you know it depends on the evening and what i like to do really is is frequently a surprise so we're lucky our dining room has space on the very end of it is my um my grand piano and so it's sitting there and beautiful and then surprise at the end of some evenings we'll get up and play and, um, and when we have singers over, we'll do a, a song or two, or sometimes I've invited members of the orchestra and they leave their instruments in another room and then surprise at the end of a dinner we play. But to be honest, it all depends on um, just the vibe and what kind of how it's going. But some, because I love all this classic uh, American music, I love kind of curating a playlist of things that people haven't heard. And so that's always fun as little surprises as the dinner as the dinner goes along. And to be honest, sometimes I'm tired and don't want to perform. So <laughs> it's nice to just have a bourbon and take the night off. <laughs> right. Let someone else do, uh, yes, yeah, do yes. the work. Now, <laughs> if anyone's listening who wants yeah. to be like you, now, when you're in, let's say when you're a youngster or you, yeah. are, are you, do you have a little baton, a little stick in your hand? How, do you, <laughs> how did you find the love or did the love of music actually find you? How did that work? Well, you know, I'm a huge advocate for, for public school and public school music programs. And because that's where I got my love, I had an elementary school music teacher. My parents are not musical at all, not artists at all. And I had a public school music teacher who made me fall in love with music. And she played the piano music class and I got so excited and I was in band and choir. And then I realized 
um, over time that, and also, by the way, I grew up in, in West Virginia in an area where there are no professional groups, you know, well, there, there are, but very, very few, you know, I often am, am amazed at thinking about kids growing up in the DC area where within 15 minutes, they can get to how many orchestras, they can get to how many theaters, they can get to how many dance companies. And in my area, you know, there was no resident orchestra in my hometown. It was an hour away to get to a, a full professional orchestra. It was an hour away to get to a full ballet company. Uh, there was one community theater in town. And so for me, it really was in school that I got excited about all of this. And I, by the way, still stay in touch with those music teachers this many years later. But it's, uh, it's something that that's also part of the reason why with APO that we do so many of these incredible, we have incredible opportunities. I mean, I pinch myself every day that we get to do what we get to do. And for me, equally important, we do a ton of children's outreach. And so this year during COVID, we hit 44 states of kids programming. And by the way, live, we create original shows that we perform with live interaction with the actors and the musicians. And that was really important to me and is really important to me because, you know, I got my spark in a little area completely away from so many professional artists. And I want to make sure we provide that. By the way, shocking statistic, of the 44 states, the, all the schools we went into, 70, 70% of the kids had never been to an orchestra performance. Oh, that's so amazing that you're a part of that. Well, it's for me, it should be a call to action to all orchestras to say, hey, how is this acceptable in 2021 that Absolutely. we are letting this many kids not experience this? And, you know, it's shocking to me, but it just means we're where we need to be. It'd be, I know, Stephen, you want to get in here real quick. I, you know what I just saw in my head, Luke? I just saw a documentary of someone following you around showing the rest of the world this uh, tragedy? Well, for me, it's it, we would love it. And by the way, um, we've never received a single federal or city grant applied for six years, which I also find a little shocking. But wow. that's, a, that's another story. Um, but I will tell you, it doesn't make my commitment any less. And the, the wonderful thing is in non-COVID, we actually do live, we'll go for a week, completely free of charge, by the way. Um, and I, you know, I took in leads from Broadway, you know, Christine from Phantom of the Opera was on my recent, going into public school gyms in counties where 80 or 90% of the students are on free and reduced lunch. And all my pro players, we took uh, 12 professional players and we just show up in the school gym, the school cafeteria, and we put on a show free of charge every single time. And for me, it's, you know, I, I'm the type that we just keep our head down and keep doing it. Um, but yes, it would, it would be amazing. If anything, just as a call to action to other groups to say, hey, we can all do this. You know, this is, and, and, but it takes a commitment to it. And so anyway, that's where, that's what I feel like it all ties back to my upbringing to do it is why I do it. Because if I'm not giving somebody else a chance, then, you know, it's a pretty shallow existence, I think. So, Luke, you, you mentioned, this is Stephen, you mentioned um, West Virginia. Whereabouts in West yeah. Virginia? So I grew up in Parkersburg, which is way over on the western side, right across the river from Ohio. 
And then I did my undergrad degree at West Virginia University and then my master's at Ohio University, which is, you know, 45 minutes from West Virginia. So I, I kind of had all of my formation in that area. Um, you know, Matthew grew up in Winchester, Virginia. Home of Patsy Klein. Oh, yeah. yes. I've, I've played in the Patsy Klein Theater uh, for my best friend's elementary school. So, <laughs> yeah. And I grew up in Western Pennsylvania. Where? Um, in Connellsville, which is a tiny town in Fayette County. Okay. Um, the closest bigger town would be Uniontown or Greensburg. Um, well, guess what? When I was in college in WVU, I was a music director in Waynesburg, PA, mm. and, and the orchestra last year to Greene County, Pennsylvania. So we're a little in Western Pennsylvania, but uh, coal country. I remember, yes, absolutely. I, but I remember um, we our teachers did, we got the members, only members of the band. Yeah, you know the sym symphonic band. We got to, or members of the choir. We would get to go to Pittsburgh and see, yep. you know, the Canadian brass play, or um, you know, a, a a musical at the yeah. Benham Center or something. And and so it's it's even you know. And my school was very much like arts, you know, focus. Yeah. But even then, it was just the people who are already bitten by the bug or interested in the bug who got exposed to things like that. Whereas if the the focus was broader and I mean, can you imagine? I mean, because I remember being a young kid watching either the Canadian Brass or uh, the Tour of Chorus Line or yes. whatever and going, oh, my God, this is what I'm meant to do. If yes. more people had the opportunity to do that then there would be a whole bunch more of us who um, couldn't afford to live totally. uh, on our salary. <laughs> and also, I mean, think about it this way. It's like, so for me, by the way, that's why we focus on elementary school, because mm -hmm. I feel like that's when we get them fired up. And just imagine, number one, if every orchestra in the country said, we're going to take two weeks a year to do either virtual or live touring, how many schools we could reach. And by the way, I'm talking community orchestras and pro orchestras. Mm -hmm. And number two, not only to get kids excited to be in the arts, but also kids to get excited to support the arts because they realize how exciting and how important it is. It's, it's very short-sighted of most groups not to put, to lay the groundwork, but you know, it's not like I have a firm opinion on it or anything. <laughs> Um, speaking back of what, um, yes. Western Pennsylvania. So yes. the reason that we kind of grew to know of you was through our mutual connection in Warren Freeman. Oh, I love Warren. So Warren does, well, you do the music, Matthew. So why don't you tell exactly what Warren does? Cause I don't want to get it wrong. Well, I mean, Warren in our life is what we would, I mean, his title is music supervisor. I mean, I, only I, I taught myself how to play the piano at the age of eight and then had to minor in it in college. So I learned everything backwards. But, you know, I write a simple tune, give yeah. Warren my chord progressions and say, I'm thinking this is kind of 20s or this is kind of 50s yeah. or this is kind of this because I don't play in those different styles. And then he gets a really busted recording in New York City <laughs> from my cell phone. And then he sends me. then he sends back something that sounds like a seven layer dip. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, wow, that's delicious. And um, he's also been more than just a music. I mean, we all three of us 
have a lot of experience in different things. He's also a great collaborator in the room to say, oh, what if this? What if that? Yes. So, yeah. I love him. What what has he worked? He's worked with you as well, correct? He, he has worked with me um, more so several years back when he was more in town because uh, it's, you know, I, it's difficult when he's further away. He would help prepare courses. He would help come up with um, uh, vocal, uh, a lot of um, chorus parts and background vocal parts. And he sang with me many times as a soloist or in an ensemble. So, yeah, I I love that guy. Yeah, he's, he really, um, he's also from Pennsylvania, right? Yes. So <laughs> is everyone from Pennsylvania? It's a very, <laughs> it's a funny story though, because we met Warren, uh, we went to both Matthew and I and Warren went to college at Shenandoah University. Ah. And uh, so years later, it's 2014 and Matthew and I are directing a production of one of our shows uh, for the theater. And there's this guy who is in the pit. He is the associate conductor. No, or... he was like second keys. Yeah. He... I mean, not that second keys is bad. No, no I got you. Don't you worry. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was very un this very unassuming piano player. And then he would ask us these hard questions like, hey, do you want this duet to sound like blah, blah, blah? Because I think it's a little high for her and a little low for him. Do you mind if I kind of? And I was like, yeah, whatever. We would get in Stephen's busted green truck, drive back from Winchester to Arlington, which it took about an hour 15. I would walk in, check my computer, and there would be like a PDF. I yeah. love it. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, who is this magic Santa Claus in our <laughs> We grabbed onto him and we didn't let go. And you said, you have to come to DC. Um, we've got so much for you to do. Um, totally. And that's, that's what kind of the story with that. Um, but gosh, so years later, anyway, we're, we're talking about something. And I mentioned something about being from Pennsylvania. And he's like, oh yeah, whereabouts? And come to find out that not only were we in the same like uh, regional choir, district choir, all that stuff, and didn't know each other. But I got a solo that he wanted, and he was pissed <laughs> off about it. Um, not only that, but I went to see him in his uh, senior musical. He was Bobby Child in Crazy for You. But I was I knew the Irene, so I was there to see the Irene. And he goes, oh, I remember you were there. And I was so mad you were there. <laughs> I it's, love that. It's a small <laughs> world. We kind Isn't of it? knew we were in the same rooms with each other before we really knew each other. Um, That's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. I love that guy. Um, Luke. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot has changed since, well, maybe, maybe a lot hasn't changed, but I'm assuming that things have changed since COVID. So I'm not going to assume yeah. any, any Luke pre COVID is the same <laughs> Luke. Uh, but do you do you have like a residential space currently that we, you're? Oh, that we perform in? Yeah, that you call your home. We used to, but I've I've uh, changed my whole belief in that. So we performed at Arena, and I love Arena, and the staff at Arena have been fabulous to work with. I'm so grateful, um, and and they were a fabulous home for us. But I have no intention of starting a regular series in one space in DC. Uh, again, I, I've learned during COVID, and I, I believe this is the case, that we're going to stick with a, a, a focus on site-specific performance um, and also collaborations with spaces. 
you know, we're, we're very lucky that Meridian International Center on 16th Street, I'm on their cultural diplomacy council. And I went to COVID and said, could we perform here outdoors? And they said, yes. And, you know, it just kind of sparked my interest of so many places. And then simultaneously with TV, uh, I realized why in the world would I pay to rent a theater when I could, we can reach audiences across the country without having to worry about all those other Pre, pre-pandemic, yes, Arena. And by the way, I can't get over and I cannot praise enough that place. I love Molly and her whole team have been wonderful to us. But for me, it's a, it's a fiscal decision and it's a strategic decision to say, I think we can put our dollars in other places and reach more people. So that's my plan. Again, non-traditional, but that's kind of my jam. So, so what are you thinking, like space-wise, like uh, just just uh, like pop-up style in like a community center or a like I, what are you? Oh, it could be it could be, it could be a church. It could be, um, it could be uh, it could be theaters. You know, we could definitely be doing performances again at Arena, and I'm sure we will. Um, we're filming our next TV show at Warner Theater. Um, there are lots of different options, but for me, it's a matter of I'm really, really um, uh, fanatical about watching my donor dollars and they do what I want it to do. And so for me, it's all about what is going to make the most sense so we can employ the most artists and reach the most people. So it's going to be shifting. And I think one of the greatest things that I've learned in COVID is I think once we come out of this even more, I think our audiences have changed. And I think it's a misconception to think that we're going to go back to the way it was pre-COVID because I just don't believe that. Um, I think I think audiences are a lot more flexibility than they were in the past. And I, you know, we, that's the way we're going to go. And I know it's the non-traditional course, but I've kind of built the whole group on doing non-traditional things and doing it. So, well, I have to tell you that um, we need to keep on, in touch on that because I have some ideas for you, um, yes. which is which is a phrase you never want to hear. No, I, no, I, I, I love it. But I work my my day job life is I work for uh, Columbia Pike dot yeah. um, org. And we are like the most diverse uh, corridor in northern Virginia. Yeah. Um, there's over one hundred and three languages spoken on the pike. And uh, we're also, you know, some of the poorest areas of Arlington. Yep. And we do lots of programming and work with Parks and Rec and with the community centers. And I, I remember I brought the, um, the U.S. Army Latin Jazz Band combo to the courtyard of this uh, community center. And it, they played on, um, I think it was Cinco de Mayo weekend. And... Mm-hmm. It literally people came out from the neighborhoods like the music drew them out of their houses to this, you know, outdoor space. And it was the most magical thing to watch um, because we're talking about underserved communities who yes. don't get access to that kind of thing. And that was just like a little combo. Yes. So we'll yes. we'll be in touch about like I would I have it. some venues for you to look at. I would love it. And, you know, we're doing performances. We're doing three concerts in July in Roslyn in a public park. So it's uh, we're that's the great thing is my players are so open to opportunities and thinking outside the box. It makes 
it makes so many more things possible. So absolutely. I was thinking about a beautifully advertised cruise from Old Town to Georgetown and the orchestra being on a boat, oh, uh, a uh, yacht, and, and everyone knowing that they have to come along the Potomac to listen to I the show. I love it. I love it. Someone told me, idea. someone told me the steps that are near the candy center that go yeah. down to the water. Yeah. That people kind of like run up and down. Yep. That those were actually built for a barge that would come in and give a concert. Interesting. And well, I, I know originally, way back when Kennedy Center was thinking about developing Reach, one of the concepts was a floating concert stage. Um, I do know that, but it got cut in the, in the changes. So, sure. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like the floating stage that got cut. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, oh, I wish Lord. that. I remember, now that you say that, I do remember the floating stage idea being tossed out. And I thought how freaking exciting. Yes. Also, how freaking expensive that probably oh, yeah. is. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Reach was $300 million. So why not tack on a little more and get a a tugboat, right? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. um, The the idea of of the floating barge thing, though, that that is true, Matthew. I've heard that the uh, the steps were built for that. Uh, And I can't remember if it was Teddy Roosevelt or some another president that did that. But um, my gosh, now. Now that you, uh, whenever you work at the Kennedy Center, that's just like your gym. That's where you go to like jog on your breaks. Totally. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before I know that we've got to go in the next 10 10 minutes, I'm watching the clock here, but how did the American Pops, how did it it appear and actually uh, become a, a, a true real reality thing that happened did, did you just one day in your kitchen say i'd like to do this or did, would this come out of a, another job or a donor or it was it was as a result of putting a group together in new york for a birthday party actually and what i did is i assembled a group of musicians in new york and we played so many kinds of repertoire um from broadway to classical to everything in between and um and, and one of our donors said, this is so cool. And my husband, Robert, also said, this is so cool. There's nothing like this. That, and the, the biggest thing that differentiates us is, you know, when, when you go to see a pop show with an orchestra, 90% of the shows you're going to see come from APAP, where they've gone to the convention and they buy a show and they trot it around and it's, it's something if you miss it in D.C., you can catch it in Philly or Baltimore or New York or, you know, uh, wherever, Orlando, Palm Beach. And for me, every single show we do is brand new, brand new arrangements, brand new orchestrations, different cast. And so that really is a calling card because people know when they come to our shows, you're not going to see it anywhere else. Right. Because we, we create them. And so anyway, all of these things came together to kind of come up with the germ of the idea. And six years later, um, we, we've stuck to those principles and it is always original. It is always new. I never, I have folks come to me all the time emailing me, uh, saying, I've got this show that I put together and I've done it with this symphony and that symphony and this symphony. And, and I very politely always respond, not interested. 
because for me, I want to come up with new things and, uh, and I want to bring in new audiences. And so that's, that's what got a lot of our supporters excited is that they know they're a part of something you're not going to see anywhere else. And I love that too. It keeps me artistically stimulated. Um, I'm a bit of a restless spirit and I have to keep my brain going at all times. And so that really helps me uh, come up with new ideas. For instance, I'm basically commissioning now like 300 pieces a year, at least. So wow. constantly commissioning new music, new arrangements, new orchestrations. Wow. Um, yeah. In fact, when we get off this call, I have to do another one. <laughs> right. So uh, anyway, that's kind of how it came about. And we've just chugged along and it's, it's, it's just has been growing. So, and, and more and more folks have gotten to know us and see what we do. And then PBS has really been a game changer because it's, it's showing what we do to a national audience and, and shaking things up. So. And is there anything that you want to plug coming up for people to, um, Look out for, I know I, I want you to mention the website again and where people can yes. send lots and lots of money. <laughs> well, you know, we are, we are certainly grateful for that. And I'll, I'll tell you, um, you know, it, again, we're one of these groups and I, I've been very proud to say that we, we work our asses off, you know, to, to do what we've been doing with two full-time people plus me. I don't take any salary from the orchestra and um, you know, I'm proud of our team. I'm proud of our commitment. I'm grateful for our donors and it is the American pops.org or at the American pops on social media. But the issue is, or the thing to know is that on pbs.org right now, you can tune into our recording of, um, which is two episodes. One was co-hosted with me and Jesse Mueller uh, a Broadway one, and the other one is a sacred one, which was co-hosted by um, Michelle Williams with me. And the other show that's on PBS.org for free right now is called We Are Family. And again, the thing is, is when folks tune in, um, it helps because, of course, ratings and views always help for PBS to ask us again. But more than anything, it, you really get and how we take new, fresh takes on pieces and the other thing is coming up in August, we have a huge reimagining of a musical, an iconic Broadway musical. I can't tell you the name, but uh, really incredible. That's what I'm filming in two weeks in, in um, the Warner Theater. But again, following up on media, you'll see all sorts of content coming up. And we've got tons of TV like, and we wanna share them. And also our kids storing and other fun outreach. So follow us support us we'd be so grateful and um join the ride because we we like to shake it up awesome. yeah you know you know talking about people that support the arts and whatnot i do yeah. find that what you're saying is true when you're not really exposed to the arts you don't really understand the appreciation for the arts and i find that it's the same thing in the restaurant business like people yes. who have not waited tables are really bad tippers the worst because they don't quite understand, they don't quite understand the other side of the the, the coin. Well, as you guys know so well, it's like think of think of all of our friends who work this year. And for me, it's just thinking about when when patrons and supporters 
are able to get up close and realize the magic of live performance or the magic even on television of reimagined performance, then, then that gets folks excited and it, it helps them understand what a gift all of our artist friends are. I mean, you know, when there's nothing better, I think we all can agree, of people being vulnerable and giving themselves on stage or giving themselves to kids and sharing who they are and what they love. That is such a gift that so many folks in their daily life don't, they don't have to make that personal sacrifice that per, show that personal vulnerability. And I think as to reward that and to say, we as patrons are grateful for your sharing who you are on such a deep level. I think that's what, that's donors excited. It's certainly what gets me excited. And it's just about gratitude. And that's what we, that's again, why APO tried to make sure we paid everybody well through COVID, why I, I kept being honest with our donors and sharing what we were doing, because I'm grateful to everyone who helped get me to where I am today. And that's all my collaborators. So, yeah, that's beautiful, Luke. We are going to, I'm going to ask you three things and then we're sure going to thing. go. The first thing is lots of people during the, the pandemic took on yep. brand new things of learning. I'm learning a new language. I'm learning how to bake. Yep. Did you take on something new? I, um, not really, other than turning a lot of my focus to digital media. That was what I spent most of my learning doing. Um, I'm a very avid gardener, so I really ramped up my gardening during the time. But I'm I'm never free for long. I don't I don't. So there was always something happening. Yeah, I, that's beautiful. Do you, the uh, the second question is, mm-hmm. um, did you like binge watch anything on television that was like, oh my gosh, I probably would have never watched this, but I watched a whole series of. Boy, did I ever! Um, I I'm a complete nerd, or you know, if I'm not being an absurd comedy, so I watched The Office again like two times through. I watched. Oh my gosh! Mad, I watched Us too. Mad- I watched Mad Men again. I watched Downton Abbey all the way through again. Um, but then I watched like a bazillion Ken Burns documentary lines. And it's pretty much one side of the coin, like crazy comedy or documentary for me. But I watched all those over and over. That's that's so funny you say that. You know, we never got to watch The Office when it was on TV because we're always performing or doing something. And I just never had time to focus on it until it's on TV, like every day of the week, number right. one. Uh, but but then I just became obsessed with it. So I I've just discovered The Office for the first time. Both of us did during this pandemic. Well, one so. of my one of my dream cast people, and I keep asking him, and we're gonna get him, is Ed Helms. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Cross your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, what's her name, Jenna? Oh yeah, Jenna Fisher. Jenna Fisher's rendition of On the Wings of Love at the Dove's funeral um, had me in tears. Um, Last question. Uh, Luke, we've been asking everybody. um, We're actually, Matt is producing Susan Derry's holiday album that's called I Wish It So. Love that woman. And yes, we do too. And she, um, so we've been talking about wishes and the power of a wish. I created this wish box thing and we've been asking all of our guests to if they had one wish what would it be and then we take the piece of paper and put it inside the wish box and we're actually going to do some kind of event uh around the album release perhaps that's a unveiling of the wish box wishes from everyone and 
tie it in with Susan's uh, album release. But so we just wanted you to add. We'll bring in the orchestra and do a few songs. Yeah. Just, oh, just something small. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so if you had one wish, if it's for yourself, your family, the country, the world, whatever it would be, the first thing that pops to your mind, what would it be? Hmm. I would wish that we continue to build bridges amongst people and we all take a moment before we speak to just quietly listen and to reflect. And I think if anything, um, just for all of us to slow down and think about it, a little more gentle with each other, a little more kind with each other and empathy is the most important thing to me. So that would be my wish is to listen and to focus on empathy. Beautiful. Um, and I'm just writing that down. Perfect. Yeah, thanks so much, Luke, for taking the time to speak to us on such a beautiful May day. <laughs> when, you, when you could have been out, you know, by We could have been out in the sun, you know. <laughs> we could have done this around the fire in the backyard and sang a little bit of My Fair Lady. Totally, totally. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, Luke. We really appreciate your time and we well, hope to talk to you soon. I appreciate it. And send me any ideas you have. I'm always open. All right. Sounds All right, good. my friends. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. -bye. Bye. Wow, that was a great time talking to Luke. Such yes. an amazing guy. What a great journey and what he's doing for the children and, and all the amazing stars that he's worked with and just putting so many wonderful events out there together. Um, it sounds like he's kind of like even reinventing what, what uh, you know, orchestra, orchestra moments and evenings even feel like and look like. Um, anyways, I mean, I... I I think everything has to evolve and change, and I, I think he is hip to that and kind of riding that wave, which I think is really cool. We'll definitely be checking that out. Hey, Steven, I have an idea. What if yes. I want a pride shirt from the merchandise shop, yeah. and I I take a picture of myself in the shirt, hashtag the Connor and Smith show, would I be entered into a raffle to maybe be a guest on the show? Um, sure, let's do that. Hey, that's a great idea. So, if you're listening, check out our merchandise. Go get yourself... Where can, where can they check out our merchandise? You know. Um, well, they can go find us on Connor and Smith on Facebook. Facebook. That's the easiest. That's the easiest And word. then find our shop there. And I'll pin a link to the Pride shirt to the top of our page. Yes. How about and, that? And for Pride, if you buy a Pride shirt and uh, hashtag us in it. Take a picture of yourself in it. Yep. Uh, we and will. And then hashtag the picture, the Connor and Smith show. Yep. You might be chosen to be on our show. So, there you go. Oh, my gosh. And so exciting. And happy December. Yeah, it's 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 50 degrees here. We're currently recording. This will probably air later when it's warmer. But right now, it is very cold for May, as opposed to that song, very warm for May. Yes, that you may know if you're a big nerd like me. Um, all right. Well, as we always say, turn, turn your, your heart, heart into art. Good night, everybody. Good night.